Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Nick Douglas, and this is Adventures of a Sailor Girl on Sunset Radio, and we're currently broadcasting from the Whitsunday Sailing Club for the 25th anniversary Vision Surveys Early Beach Race Week. And I have in front of me a fantastic guest, Adrian Kahalan. She's uh, been sailing with me this week. Well, I've been sailing with her, we should say, on Ichiban. She's currently the navigator, but people may know her for her, her exploits sailing around the world, but also being involved with sailing at an administrative level in, in a big way. In terms, of, especially in terms of pushing our women's involvement in this sport. But thank you so much for taking the time to join me, Adrian. Great pleasure. A great pleasure. No, I think the pleasure's all mine, <laughs> definitely. But how was your week here at here at Air Beach Race Week? Oh, it's been a magnificent week of sailing. I mean, you can't ask for better conditions. And um, you know, we've had beautiful wind, 20 to 30 knots the whole week, and lay day was perfect, only yeah. 10 to 15 knots, so we could relax <laughs> on a beach and. And, and the courses were, you know, as a navigator, were very challenging. And, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, we would sail around the most spectacular islands. And, uh, you know, I, I think as a navigator, I was really challenged all week, which is, is really great. Mm. And, um, but the, the, the races were all, um, well, you know, conducted so well. The, the management was fantastic. The marks were all in the places where they said they'd be. And, yeah. you know, for me, um, when you are a navigator, you, you really like a low stressful sort of, um, things and, and that from that point of view it was just such an enjoyable one. Yeah, because we did have a moment even today where we had to double check where the top mark was and, and you said, no, I've, you know, I've pinged it, that's where it should be and two other boats in our division had sailed to or were on their way to the wrong mark. Well, in a, in a situation like this, I mean, there's 130 boats at Race yeah. Week all sailing different courses and, <laughs> and every cruise has me on the moment of self-doubt. So, yeah, no, um, but, uh, but you, you know, were spot on as normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you do get a bit rattled when everybody yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially when there's, um, you know, 15 guys saying, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, but you say there, navigation, what keeps you coming back to doing that, that role is, is the challenge. And up here as well, it's especially challenging with the tides, which may not be as predictable as, as technology. Yeah, look, I think this this area, it's, it's, it's absolutely spectacular, but it's got a lot of challenges. I mean, there's a lot of shallow spots and... Um, Tacticians always like to push you and go a little bit further, and and so you've got to be well prepared. There's a tides. There's um, you know the, the the whole current thing is actually quite reminiscent of, of the English oh, um, regattas that you sail in Solent and things like that. So um, you know it's 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 a it's a busy time. It's a busy time. <laughs> Definitely. And, and from my perspective, it was really great to see how you did interact with Gordon. You said that the tactician likes to to push you. Gordon was the tactician on board each time this week, and the relationship that you guys have. It's clearly quite important to how the boat goes, uh, you know, how it's going going forward as well. That's right. Look, um, every tactician is different, and mm. um, you know, and, and Matt's obviously there as well as the helmsman. Yeah. And you know, in any crew situation, communication is the most important thing. And uh, because there's a lot of decisions changing all the time. I mean, Gordon, I first met um, Gordon back in uh, the 2000. Now I'm showing my age. 1994 <laughs> Whipred. And um, he was on one of the other crews, and since that time we've done Animals Cup together and wow. quite a lot of sailing together. So um, it's nice to come into a crew with already having that um, rapport and relationship with the tactician. And for someone who's as natural a sailor as Gordon, he's very easy to work with. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very nice uh, crew, you know, of 16, and obviously you joined us today, which yeah. is nice, says 17. And so when you do work in those big crews, and now the boats are going much faster, mm. so the decisions come up a lot more quickly, and so 
with with all the software we're using, it's just becoming so much more sophisticated that you are able to to, to do a lot more and give a lot more information to the um, to the to the crew and to the tactician. But as a navigator, that's one of the things you do. There's a lot of information, and one of the keys is to prioritise what's really important. That is amazing. And and, and going forward, you're, are you going to continue working with the YouTube team, or you're not sure, or do you have other oh, things coming yeah. up? No, yeah. hopefully, you know, we've got the Hobart race, we've got yeah. a program through, we've got the, the Blue Water series, which, you know, in Australia, we're very lucky. Um, we produce a lot of great ocean races because uh, the waters that we sail are, you know, blue water. Um, and every amazing. time you go out there, you know, it's, it's, it, it can be 40 knots or it can be 5 knots, and, you know, we learn to sail. We, we have great pedigree from the younger age as people come through, just by virtue of just a club race, you know. So um, just the CYCA, CYCA program over the next couple of months is, is great preparation for, for the Great Race South. Yay! And can I ask you, how many Great Races South have you done, Adrian? Well, I've done a few. Yeah, 22 for me. Woo-hoo. 22, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the great thing is, is in women's sailing particularly, there's a lot of depth now. You know, yeah. Gail Harland, she's close to 20, Vanessa Dudley's close to 20. But, you know, we've got a lot of sailors now who, who've really done some, some, a lot of ocean miles and are very experienced and are racing on all the top crews. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, in fact, you know, on the Volvo 65, um, in this year's Volvo race, I think there's three Australian girls out of under 10. So there are, it just yeah. goes to show... Um, what a good background it is for women here, and um, how ge- gender-wise, you know, if it's a level playing field, if you want to, you want to sail, get out there. Exactly, and that's what I'm all about. Anyway, yeah. giving it a go. Giving it a go, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it can be tougher. It's a, it's very physical. You know, there are some jobs that that probably aren't suited to to, to smaller people, but that's the same for the guys too. Yeah. So exactly. Um, I mean, they might be too tall to do bow, or they may not be able to go downstairs, or they may not. They may be too big to be a trimmer. That's so right. Go down to Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. It's about finding what you like to do and where you fit in and yeah. making it work. So why is why is why did navigation become your specialty? Do you do you know why? Is it because of that challenge, or is it? Uh, look, I love sailing. I mean, you know, I, I actually probably started to sail relatively late. I was in my teens, and I grew up on the Lane Cove River. But uh, I, I was at the local club, but I, I think it was the the adventure side of it that that it really attracted me. You know, the fact that you're always doing something new, and and um, I didn't really survive. I love netball and tennis, but I just um, same yeah. It, was, it, it just I, I think. Just the, the thrill and the, how wonderful it is to be out in the wind in the air and, and going to new places, meeting new people and sailing has a wonderful social life attached to it and uh, I'm very much a dinghy sailor, I'm still sailing from the skin. Oh, so, amazing. Yeah, so, I'm a dinghy girl, so. Yeah, yeah. so you know, dinghies, to be able to enjoy yourself across the sport at so many levels it's, and, and it's still so challenging, you know. Definitely. Um, in terms of what you want to achieve, there's never feel like you know, I've been there, done that. Exactly. It's always something. It's always it's another always level. Yeah, it's always it's a goal. And I think in, that's important in life to have goals. Indeed. And so with your goals, what what do you want to achieve? I mean, you're at 22 Hobarts. Is 25 a goal? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether it's a good thing to, to want to be the first girl on the idiot board. But, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know that's a, a nice, um, that would be a nice thing to, to, to sell 25. And, yeah. um, and you know, I, I really love the realm of 
can brands. I've got, I've got two young children, five and six year olds, so, so I'm not really um, in a position to go off doing those long races. But um, would you like to again, though? Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's not. You know, there's there's so many things to do still. There's so many stories that yeah. I think I could talk to you for an hour. <laughs> we could be here all night. But yeah. wow. so that, that, that's a great thing. You, you know, you can go into the sport at any level, and, and there's nothing more fun than a, a winter series race on Sydney Harbour on a Sunday afternoon. Oh goodness, you, I completely you know, agree. Exactly. Just friends and no pressure because you, when you're racing, as a pro, there's a lot of pressure. You know, you particularly on the bigger boats, the fast boats. You know, you've got a lot of responsibility about. Um, uh, you know, a big boat with 20 people going fast, 20 knots, you know, all that sort of stuff. You just have a lot of responsibility. So um, I do like to go cruising and yeah. uh, and just kick around on the bow of a Sweet 38 <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon just yeah. to look out and see the day. And, and that's what's so brilliant about our sport. You can experience it in so many different levels. You don't have to be right at the top. I mean, clearly you are at the very top of the, of the game. But then you can come back and enjoy a twilight with your friends and share the sport with them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, speaking of women being in sport and empowering women, you're involved with this on, on an administrative side as well. That's right, yes. I, I'm, um, I was on the board of Building Australia for six the years. The first female. Yes, and, and that was very interesting coming into the administrative mm. side. You know, as, as Sally can be highly critical of our sport. <laughs> Definitely. But when you get there, you see... Um, you know, what decisions have to be made and the obstacles and, and, the obstacles and um, how we finance our sport and with with government funding actually being decreased you know it, it's the same as the arts there's a lot of orchestras and sports yeah. that now have to think about life how it may be lived without government funding so that's always a challenge um, but with, I, I then with that moved on to ISAF the international body and was asked to go on the International Regulations Commission, which is basically the, the legal sort yeah. of part of sailing. So you deal a lot, you, you would involved with the lobby groups um, for the International Maritime Organisation, so AIDS navigation, you know, um, just different rules with respect to commercial shipping and how they relate to... Which I guess matches your, your actual group, which is yeah. legally orientated. Yeah, yeah. I was a part-time consultant but um, so it, that is a great and then I'm on the Oceanic and Offshore Committee which basically runs the wow the, the offshore sailing mm. Stan Hunt is the chairman of that and he's a great navigator yeah. and, uh, so that's that's it's great to be involved with that because um, you know you're, you're sort of there as a as an overall international person but also from an Australian point of view it's, a, it's nice to be able to have some input into how the sports run because how they sail in the ocean in England is very different how we sell in Australia or Europe, and, and so it's good to be able to just um, keep it, you know, just have, a, have a different exactly. view on how things go. And then the final role then is, is chairman of the Women's Forum, and that's all women delegates, and we look at different issues as they relate to women in the sport and, and promote, and, and that's that's a that's a quite a challenging role because um, as women become more equal in the sport, then they say, well, is there a role for, yeah. for a women's forum? But I do believe there is because in Australia and England and to some extent the states and those Europe European nations who've been in sailing a long time, it, it's not as much an issue but you forget there's a big part of the world where women aren't involved in our sport exactly. and, and, and that's why we're there really to, to bring them through and also from the point of view of mentoring, mentoring women through the sport because um, it, it just getting them to step up to, to more senior roles. Mm. Um, 
whether it's in race officials or judges or not, not just sailing the sport. So there's definitely still a, for, um, a reason for the forum there to, to be able to to have this network where we can encourage women um, and, and, know, and, and, and men too, yeah. you know, um, to think about the admin side. I know it doesn't yeah. seem that attractive, but it, it is nice. It's important. You know, it is important because, you know, there's no point sitting on the sidelines complaining. No. You want to do something. Get in there. I think everybody's happy to sit on the sidelines, but clearly you're not one of those people. (laughs) It seems to be a disease saying yes, doesn't it? I I know that. I know that issue. (laughs) But everybody's, you know, time challenged these days, and and that's always sailing. Probably, you know, um, a lot of people don't have the luxury of a whole day off to go sailing and things like that. You know, with school sports and things like that. So, what one of the big challenges in our sport is to keep the the, the teenagers as they leave yeah. and, and maybe the parents are paying the bills to find other ways to, yeah. to stay with the sport but you know even if they disappear from a few years we'll always still be here and you know we're going to like this 130 boats and Definitely. wonderful atmosphere and everybody just out enjoying the sun and the wind and yeah. the friendships exactly and I, I managed to get through that band but I, I do this show supports university sound quite a little bit because I, I see that as sort of bridging the gap. It's not as strong in Australia, the university side of things, but you are correct, there's a definite hole there, and, oh, and, and I'm, no, I'm no doubt that you're working on that. Well, the university sailing is an interesting topic because um, I was here quite a long time ago in the early yeah. 80s, and it was still then, it was a hot topic about how to get um, the clubs more up and running, mm-hmm. and it, unlike the American universities where a lot of the collegiate uh, the club is, yeah. is massive and it's scholarship based and you know in the UK you've got team racing and mm. it's, a, it's a very big thing and it produces, it's a real pathway through. Um, in Australia, school sailing slowly developing but the university sailing is just not it's there. It's a long way behind. And um, it, you know with the, with the challenges to the no, but I you're right. You, I, you can that. use it. That's but, fine. <laughs> but with you know, with the university funding, um, getting and, and the voluntary student unionism, that that's really hit hard a lot of sports like sailing, and um, who, who already were, were struggling to, to get because when you've already got sailors who are involved at a club level, you know, and they're at that time when they're just in a quite a transition, transition zone. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't seem to attract the sailors, and I, I do believe it's probably got a lot to do with the classes. Yeah. You know, when I was going through, it was more twenties or something like that. I mean, honestly, I was in twelves and that ends, and you just go. So, but I was involved with the Sydney yeah. University Sailing Club for quite a long time, and and you know that is an area of our sport which would be great to mm. see develop as a pathway and I give agree. the student, you know, because now. It's, you know, students are paying fees and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, generally, and rent, and rent yes, you know, life is, it's, it's, it's an expensive place, yeah. our country now, so, you know, that would be a good area where we could look to try and develop, you know, in Australia, the university setting and yeah. sort of thing. Definitely, yeah. so we'll see what happens with that, but before you go, Adrian, I know, I know you're very, um, I know you're a very busy lady, but can I ask you two things? Your favourite sailing memory, if you can think of one, but your scariest sailing memory as well. Oh, do you know what? It's like my daughter and I say to her, you have a good day today. What was your favourite part yeah. of the day? And she goes, all of it, Mum. All of it, Mum. And yeah. uh, look, I, I, I can give you one of my favourites. Yeah. One of your so favourites, I know, and I'm I, the same. I, I'm so lucky to have some wonderful memories. 
and uh, there's there's two. If I can say two, two. Give two me two. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, no, there's more. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're gonna have to do another interview. <laughs> one, one of the one of the great sensations was being on the um, the 110 foot Ollie Air Cat when we were doing the 24 hour record, yeah. and we there was a couple of Aussie guys, yeah. and one in particular, Greg Hunt, was on the main sheet, and um, and we were we averaged 34 knots for the first six hours. We we left from. Um, Bottom of Virginia, Chesapeake Bay, and we the record to beat was I can't remember, 696, 696, 696, and and we 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 had a beautiful front through flat water because it was just the beginning of the southwest lead. So we did the first 34, we overtook the front, and then and then we just needed to get. Then we were a little bit behind. It was 15 minutes difference, you know, and um, I remember there we just flew a hull. For like oh, an hour and a half, and uh, you know, and it was just so exciting, you know, and uh, and we broke that twenty-four hour record, six ninety-five, and it was Amazing. just unbelievable, you know, the the sailing and and you know, just touching the main sheet like it was a eighteen-foot skiff, yeah. you know, but you were one hundred and ten foot, and we were doing thirty-four, and that responsive, that is amazing. Yeah, we hit a top speed of forty-four knots on that cat that time, so that was very exciting, but. You know, the 18-footers are great memories of, of doing similar sort of things with 3 on the wire coming into the bottom mark, like bang, 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 you know, dropping oh, around, we you know, those days when we were doing 120 races, so, you know, within a short sort of three-month yeah. circuit where that, that was just a wonderful time in our lives in the Grand Prix sailing, yeah. 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 And yeah. scariest moment. Have you got one? Oh, scary. Oh, yeah, look, I think... Um, I think definitely that you get a sense of mortality mm. when you're banging down there in the big cats in the Southern Ocean mm. and the icebergs pop up and the oh, whales are around and, um, you know, <laughs> a wind, the winch rips off the deck. Oh, Christ. <laughs> and you just go, mm, we make it okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So, you know, there is so much inside your brain. I wish I could bottle it. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Look at you! You're looking up. I can just for those who, I mean, you can't see Adrian, but I can. She's just looking up, and I can see her thinking about all these memories she's got. Looking oh, out on the water. I think the round the world sailing is something that's just so was is so exciting. Yeah, yeah, and wonderful memories. And you know, for me, I've never been a single-handed sailor because um, the big attraction for the sport for me is the team, yeah. the teamwork, and Agreed. The, the, um, the wonderful colleagues that you get to sail with, and the laughs you have. Yeah. You know, you may you may not know Adrian. I, I sailed with my my dad on a taser. That's where I got quite competitive. We've done the last eighteen nationals in a row together. Oh, so, um, yeah, yeah. So I understand the bond of team, and yeah. I think that's taught me to really really value it. And um, I think it's something that is, um, especially that family feeling that you get when you go to regatta is second to none in terms of sailing. In, terms of, in my eyes, absolutely. But thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, pleasure. Adventures of a Sailor Girl. I think you're the Sailor Girl sitting in front of me here. I feel very in it. That would be great. That would be great, definitely. This is Nick Douglas, Adventures of a Sailor Girl, signing off with Adrian Callahan, uh, the navigator on, on Ichiban, but so much more. We'll be right back after this break on Sunset Radio, live from the Sunday Sailing Club.